Hey there, Anna Guest Jelly here. Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast where we talk about and practice all things body affirming and yoga. Now let's get into it. Welcome. How are you? I hope that you are doing really well. Today, I want to talk about something that I think is so important, and that is figuring out your own process around life. (laughs) Definitely figuring out your process around lots of areas of life. And what I mean is it's about figuring out how you operate and also stopping making how you operate wrong. I mean, you probably never do that, but (laughs) it's something I've personally experienced from time to time. (laughs) Why I think this matters is that when you know your process, and we'll talk about what that means a little bit more in a minute, you become less self-critical. And I'm not saying like overnight you're filled with abundant and overflowing kindness for yourself, but I think you become more open both to yourself and to others. So you know how to communicate what kind of support you need and, importantly, what kind of support you don't need. You know how to talk about what is going on with you in ways that aren't only self-deprecating or um, self-critical. Not that being self-deprecating is wrong, but um, sometimes it feels like That's the only way we can communicate, and I think having more tools in our toolbox is helpful. Mostly, I think it just helps you to build trust in yourself, and big uh, air quotes around the word just there, because that's a really big deal. (laughs) So let me give you some examples from my own life. Okay, so you might be a five-year plan person, but I am not a five-year plan person. I can't tell you how badly I want to be that person though. I have taken courses and read books and oh my gosh, (laughs) I don't keep things like this generally, but if I did, I would have such a stack or file of all of my various five-year plans that have never developed. (laughs) Um, I Honestly, when I have learned more about myself, realized that I'm pretty much a one-year plan person, but even that is kind of um, subject to change, (laughs) but definitely not five. How I work, for better or worse, is by listening for what is true for me, and that was the case when I worked various nine-to-five jobs probably good evidence of why I wasn't always the best employee, even though I was very hardworking. (laughs) Um, And it's just as much the case now that I work for myself. By letting go of the idea that I needed a five-year plan, that good adults had five-year plans, that good business owners had five-year plans, I have been able to channel all of that wasted time and energy into refining my ability to listen for what's next, whether that's in my work or my life. And that was 
a lot harder to do, not surprisingly, when I was spending so much time implementing the latest productivity system or beating myself up for not using it. I'm having this memory right now of going to, um, what was the name of that place? Franklin Covey, maybe something like that. Um, And just like getting this purse that was also a laptop holder that had this planner. This is when I was working in an office and just feeling like, no, I really have myself together as a grown woman. And then I basically just used it to like throw my stuff in, you know, chapstick and whatever else you put in a purse. (laughs) Oh man. Um, And the main thing is making it okay that I'm not a five-year plan person. I get plenty done. Like I'm fine (laughs) without a five-year plan. I don't even know how many people actually follow those things, but there's so many ideas like this that are out there. So for you, it might not be a five-year plan, but what other kinds of things that it seems like people do or people should do that just don't work with how you operate. And I think there's kind of a fine line between, you know, giving ourselves space to grow and just saying, you know, this isn't actually something that's aligned for me. Here's how I do it. You know, so instead of saying, oh, planning's not for me, I just throw planning out the window, I figure out my own approach to it. Okay, so I'll give a couple other examples. Um, Questioning. So I am a big questioner at heart. I can't overstate this enough. I really do not do well being told to do things with no explanation as to why. I think this is because I'm not very motivated by external factors. I'm not entirely, but I'm definitely largely internally motivated. And that means that I'm always questioning, which, you know, Nick super loves all the time. (laughs) In general, I think he does. But sometimes I think he's like, can you just do this one thing? (laughs) Whatever it is that we're working on. So let me just take my work for an example. Some questions that I ask all the time, because this is who I am, does curvy yoga matter? Am I offering anything of value? Where is the journey leading next? What is my role? And on and on and on. Admittedly, sometimes it stresses me out to be asking these kinds of questions. And Though I ask them regularly, I would say, it's not like it's constant. It's more of an ebb and flow. I was telling one of my besties about this recently. I was saying, oh, you know, I'm really kind of questioning what I'm doing and I don't know what's next. And she said, if you were not asking these questions, because she knows me so well, she said, if you weren't asking these questions, I would send you straight to therapy. (laughs) I was like... Yeah, I guess you're right. It would be pretty weird if I wasn't asking questions. But because I've learned over time that this is really a fundamental part of who I am, that I ask questions, I'm often or always in some reflection around something, it makes it feel less scary when big questions come up. It makes it not seem like, oh, I've questioned if curvy yoga still matters. Therefore, it must not. Why else would I have thought of this question? 
Instead, what I think is, oh, this is a good opportunity to think about like relevance and resilience and sustainability and what's of interest and what's of service and all those kinds of things. So it just gives me a little bit more of a perspective and it also helps me to know how to engage with things that come my way that are new. You know, I'm, they, so I'm, an opportunity might come my way, whether that's work or personal, and I might think, oh, is this a good idea? Am I actually good at this? Why do they want me? You know, like all these kinds of questions. And again, knowing that I'm a questioner means that I can just say, oh, these are good things for me to look into rather than oh, the fact that I thought this means that they're just asking me to be nice. They don't ask, actually want me to be there or, you know, wherever the mind <laughs> runs with these kinds of things. That is because I have come to see that it is my creative process. And I cannot tell you how much this annoys me. (laughs) I really wish I could get ideas sooner. I feel like some people are just like pulling ideas out of thin air constantly, but that is not me. I am not one of those people who can just sit down, tinker, and then voila, (laughs) brilliant idea has arrived. I am more like I develop a passing interest in something. I have a thought or question start to collect in my brain. Mostly I don't think about it directly for a long time. I forget about it. And then notice when it comes back around again, maybe make some notes like the 15th time that happens. And then when I'm 98% of the way there, I will start to do some journaling and then the work starts. I used to feel like the start working phase was the only one that counted. But then I realized that without the percolating, that part would never come around. (laughs) So I had to expand my ideas about what my creative process looks like, how I get ideas, and even not related to work, how I think about things that are unfolding in my life or my relationship or, you know, simple things like here at the house, you know, we're still unpacking and settling in, um, thinking about how we are going to live in the house. All of those things have some percolation around them. So I invite you to think about what processes in your life that you're aware of, whether that's something like the five-year plan that's kind of more concrete in a sense, um, and then others like how you operate. In my experience, this isn't something you necessarily figure out super quickly, um, though maybe some were already on the tip of your tongue without you realizing it, but it is something you can start to attune to more often, giving yourself more freedom in the process. Pun intended. (laughs) Okay, let's close with one breath together. We'll inhale and exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to Love Curvy Yoga. You can find more information about this podcast and all things Curvy Yoga at curvyyoga.com. 
If you love the show, please share it or even review it in iTunes. Both help us get the word out that yoga is a way to come home to your body and yourself, exactly as you are today. Have a great day, and curve on.